Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jeremy Cleveland, joined here by my father, Mike Cleveland, who created this little segment. And um, so I'm going to be leading our, our little time uh, here today. Uh, we just uh, spent some time in Hebrews, and so we're going to continue in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, it's talking about a race. And um, have you ever run a race, Dad? I don't think you have. <laughs> Wait, well, well, I think I beat you all the time. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, you also set the start and, and finish line. So I don't... <laughs> yeah, that was when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it kind of talks about life uh, as a race, and we're supposed to run with endurance. We read it there in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Well, think about, um, you know, I, I recently moved here to Colorado, less than a year here with my wife, and um, still getting used to the elevation. And, and at this point, I don't know if it's an elevation thing or if it's a me thing, because stairs still trip me up. <laughs> and um, this passage here, it, it just starts off by talking about two things that can interrupt our race. Mm -hmm. There's weight that slows us down, and then there's sin that trips us up. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, uh, yeah, what, what would you kind of define as some of the weight in our life as we're running this race that's slowing us down? Yeah, that's a good question because it's clearly not here a reference to sin because sin is a separate category that trips us up. The weight that slows us down can be the distractions of life, things we give our time and energy and effort to that uh, aren't necessarily sin, but they're just slowing us down. We could be doing something that's not those things that are, are slowing us down. Um, you might think of just, you know, distractions. This day and age, social media, can you can spend, what, an entire afternoon and <laughs> evening, and then you realize, oh my goodness, it's midnight, and I've spent the entire evening on, on social media. Or that's just one example. No, nothing wrong, per se, with social media. It's just maybe a distraction uh, that doesn't need to occur. And so we can, as it says to do here, strip off every weight that slows us down. Mm, yeah. Maybe one example. Yeah, you think about like in a race, maybe you have a jacket, maybe you've got some water bottles. I don't know. I've never mm -hmm. run a race. I've, <laughs> I've seen maybe one or two, but you know, the jacket's not bad. Water's not bad, right? But it, it's potentially slowing you down. And you mentioned distractions, right? We are a people who love our distractions, right? Right. I mean, we, we all have them, whether it's money or, or people or things, or vacation, or whatever it is, yes. relaxing, social media you mentioned, all of these good things that God has allowed us to interact with. And yet all of these things can hinder us, slow us down. Mm. And man, if this is a race worth running, I want to finish well. I want to mm. run well. And so I, I think even just right now, <laughs> we're just a few words into this chapter. I think we should just evaluate what is slowing me down? What good things in my life have I given freedom to slow me down? Mm. And um, It's a good way to look at it. I think it does require some examination. Are there yeah. things that I can choose to let go or, as it says, to uh, strip off 
things that are distracting me, slowing me down. It's something I have to examine, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a regular basis because maybe I don't have something today, but then next week, oh, look, something's crept in and is uh, slowing me down. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. I think um, the way that we're running our race is every day answering the question, is Jesus enough? Mm. So I've got the race, but I've also got this. Mm. (laughs) I've also got this, right? Well, is Jesus enough? Mm. And I think about my own life. And, you know, so I'm a a youth pastor at a church here in Colorado. And and too frequently, I think uh, I do so much for Jesus and I don't Mm. do enough with Jesus. And that's the thing. Our God is a God who is personable and he's intimate and he knows us and he wants to be with us in the day-to-day life, you know, with us in the struggle, because racing is a struggle, especially for me. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And and so, yeah, I I think he wants to be there with us. Uh, So then the next category there, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. We don't typically like to talk about our sin like this. And um, for, for whatever reason, I just feel like uh, we should talk about accountability. Mm. And um, accountability was always kind of the buzzword when I was in youth group. You've got to have accountability. You've got to have accountability partners. And what you've kind of shown me is that accountability can sometimes be a deodorant or a mm. Band-Aid for a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. For example, if you are um, doing porn, you know, for, for example, you've got, uh, you're involved in sexual impurity, or you could really put anything in there, some habitual sin that's dominating your life. So the world would tell you to have some, some accountability, to find someone who can ask the hard questions of you. But think about that for a minute. Is that going to change your heart so that you begin to hate porn or alcohol or lying or whatever the issue is? The issue is all things flow out of the heart. And what the gospel does is change my heart. And now I have no interest in those things. Accountability can be much like a dog uh, with a muzzle on. Hmm. Um, because he, he would bite somebody to death if he could, but he's temporarily restricted. And so his heart's not changed, but he's just got that fence on his behavior. Um, and so if you want to take accountability to its extreme end, put somebody in prison, right? Can they do porn? Well, I don't know if they can or not, but I'm just saying they can't maybe do alcohol or, you know, the things that they were being tripped up with. Now they're in prison and they can't get to them, but are they free? Mm-hmm. And so for, for my understanding of God's word, um, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six says, for I will put a new spirit within you and I will give you a new heart. And that comes as you look at the cross and see Jesus suffering, pouring out his life unto death. And as he does that, you look at that and you say, he went that far for me? He sunk that low for me? Um, and it just tears my heart. It, it hurts my heart and it heals my heart at the same time. Not saying that we don't then need accountability. We still maintain accountability, but that's not our first go-to. That's for the world. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Uh, Let's let's go to verse 2, Hebrews 12. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, as you said, 
the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I love that translation. Too. Yeah, me too. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I love that. And I think about uh, how difficult it is to run a race or or cook something you know without a recipe or, or anything mm. if you don't have an example mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. it, it gives me a little bit more grace for all of the people that made mistakes in the old testament mm. and it also just encourage me encourages me to know that Jesus has gone before us mm. you Amen. know and Jesus knows too that we are a people who are prone to fail. Yes. We are prone to get tripped up by sin. He he knows it's not the easiest of races. Yes. And I, I just love to know that our God is a God who stoops down mm. and picks us up. And he loves us enough, whether we've fallen or we're running well. Mm. I mean, his love for us does not change. Mm. And so this race, I, you know... I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to be disciplined and to, mm. to be growing and, and following all the steps and, you know, every day adding a minute in scripture or whatever mm. it is. And, and, and that's not the race that he set before us. You know, yeah. he, he just says, hey, in this race, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. It's, it's almost pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank the Lord. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. And keep your eyes on me, and specifically, what about me? My my great teaching, my great mm-hmm. miracles I did, mm-hmm. my the fact that I was a prophet. But what what specifically are we supposed to fix our eyes on? It's how he endured the cross. Mm-hmm. This is always the emphasis of Scripture. Um, so, Jeremy, let me just ask you this question: How how would fixing your eyes on the cross enable you to run through life well? Hmm. Yeah, I think about when you're driving a car, <laughs> if you are looking at where you came from, you're going to crash. Mm-hmm. But if you have your eyes on your destination, you'll probably make it there safely. Good point. Jesus is the destination, right? Mm-hmm. He's, but he's not only the destination, he's right there in the car with you, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're looking at Jesus, uh, it changes your perspective on life. It changes how you live, right? You see a God who condescended, mm. and, and he he entered into flesh. He entered into pain. He entered into stomach aches and mm. headaches, and and frustrating people, and mm-hmm. and you know conversations that went on too long. And mm. he entered into all of that because of love. Mm. And so it's 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 a new commandment in in our heart. It's mm. it's, it's changes it changes how we live. And so we, we you know we live by faith, not by sight. Mm. And so, um, I don't know. I just, what I do know is that I keep failing in the race. Yeah. Don't we all? Yes. I just, it doesn't change when you get to be 60, by the way. <laughs> You're 60? <laughs> you know, and it just seems like some days I wake up and I'm destined to tie my shoes wrong or not even mm. wear shoes, you know, and it just seems like some, some days I'm destined to fail in the race. Mm-hmm. And God, he doesn't change his countenance towards me. Right. Or to you. Right. He just and, and it kind of leads to the next section where he talks about discipline and, and discipline. Uh, I don't know what your experience was with discipline. I know what my experience was like with discipline. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> no. But uh, let, let's let's read that next section there. Uh, starting in verse five. Do you want to read okay. those couple of verses? All right. He says, and have you forgotten 
the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children. He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. I think about when you are disciplined, uh, you don't you don't feel the love of God. You don't feel, you know, that you are are loved. You feel like, man, I did something really wrong. But what he's doing is taking us back to the book of Proverbs where God says, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And what that means is you should be encouraged that you're being disciplined. It means you're mm. in the family. Yeah. What's what's the difference between punishment and discipline? How do I know if God is punishing me? Right. So punishment is penal, and it has to do with the eternal consequences. Jesus took the punishment uh, for us. See, fear has to do with punishment. But Jesus, when he went to the cross, took our punishment, thereby removing our fear. And punishment is different than discipline. Discipline's not punitive, it's corrective. So uh, when I disciplined you, when you were younger, I was simply attempting to correct behavior. There's, there's no breaking of relationship whatsoever. When Jesus was on the cross, that relationship was broken because he was being punished. Mm. And God poured out his wrath and God turned his back because mm. he was too holy to look on sin. And Jesus took the full pun- punishment that I was due mm. Um, but now he treats you and I and every believer as his child, lovingly correcting our behavior, disciplining us, which confirms to us that we're in the family. We're a child of God. Is there ever a time when I'm, <laughs> when I, I, I grow to the point where I don't need discipline anymore? As long as we have flesh, which is till our dying breath, we're going to need correction. We, we've, I, I remember one time asking an older man, Jack Wood, he was like a hero of mine. He was in his 80s and I was in my 20s. And I said, Jack, I, I feel like I'm really prideful. Um, how, do I, how do I know? Do you ever you know, stop being prideful? How, do I, am I ever going to stop being prideful? He said one thing. He said, check your temperature. <laughs> I said, what? And he says, if you have a temperature, you will be prideful. Mm-hmm. Meaning, as long as we're in this body of flesh, um, we will continue needing loving correction. But we don't fear it. We don't fear it. In fact, it's a very intimate thing that God does in drawing us near. In order to discipline, you have to draw them near. Mm-hmm. And it's an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. So we don't fear that because it's not punishment. It's just yeah. discipline. Yeah, I think uh, discipline becomes sweet, <laughs> right? You you learn that I'm gonna not, I'm not gonna get hurt in this area anymore because yeah. I've been disciplined and I've learned, mm. right? And um, I think that we, I think it's a great thing to seek out discipline. And, mm. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, even even to ask God for it, you know, could, could we get to that point where we say, God, mm. I, I long. For your discipline because mm. it does bring a depth of intimacy to our relationship and um I, I think too often we just feel like discipline is defeat you know mm. like oh i messed up again you know and just it's so clearly the opposite you know it's it's out of love it's out of care that he disciplines uh, his children so 
you know, um, me and my wife, we just found out that we're going to have a baby boy, Amen. Judah. Judah. And, um, Judah Brave. You know, I think about the first day that I ever have to discipline mm. Judah. It's going to break my heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, it <laughs> But will. I don't want a little, you know, just mess of an adult <laughs> when he's a little bit older. So I'm going to discipline him because I love him already. Yes. Right? And that's another thing, too. Like, God, it's not like he's up there throwing parties every time he disciplines his children. You know, mm. it, it brings him near. But it's just a, it's, it's a different experience. I yes. think even for God, the, 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 the heart of a father <laughs> mm. You know, the true heart of a father who says, I love you, and uh, I don't discipline you out of out of anger. Amen. Right? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. You know, you think about what you just said right there. The first time I have to discipline Judah, it's going to break my heart. Mm. Think about God the Father not just disciplining Judah, but he didn't have, Jesus didn't have any reason to be disciplined, being holy and perfect and righteous, but instead he was punished. If it hurts you to think about disciplining your son, look at the pain involved in God the Father who gave Jesus as a sin offering, who it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to put him to grief, um, and to turn his back on his own son as he, as he cried out, My God, my God, you know, that Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, why have you forsaken me? And God the Father turned away and would not answer. Why? So that he will hear your every prayer. So that he will answer your every prayer. He was silent. Heaven was silent to God's Son so that he might answer your prayer. Hmm. And, uh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, um, you know, it's it's interesting. We're reading about discipline, and it's talking about verse nine. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live mm. forever? Mm. <laughs> and uh, that just, you know, in front of this great cloud of witnesses, let me just say, thank you for your discipline. Thank you, thank you for it. Verse eleven: No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Mm-hmm. It's painful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's painful, but <laughs> afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those mm. who are trained in this way, uh, a peaceful harvest. Mm. Where was our peaceful harvest <laughs> purchased? <laughs> the cross Calvary. of Calvary. That's it. Right? And the mm. blood still flows. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and um, Amen. yeah, just the the thought that Jesus, the Son of God, would enter into that pain and uh, the struggle mm-hmm. for us. I mean, it just, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. The Father would discipline us, the Son would die for us. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can hardly take it in sometimes. It feels to me like wave after wave of love hitting me. As I see Jesus enduring wave after wave of wrath, mm. being accused falsely, and there I was with my mocking, my mocking voice, I was ashamed to say, was in that crowd. I was the soldier with the hammer in my hand, nailing the Son of God to a tree by my sin. Mm. And, you know, what love is this, Jeremy? What love suffers and bleeds mm. um, and dies for the object of that love. Hmm. And now every movie ever made, you know, seems like wants to de- demonstrate 
mm-hmm. that beautiful self-sacrificing love because we long for it. Really, somebody died for me, but I'm unworthy. You know, I don't deserve this. And yet, it's not that we're worthy and deserving. It's that his love couldn't contain it. Hmm. It's like his love rushed down that Jacob's ladder to earth to get to the cross as fast as it could to hmm. reconcile us to the Father. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, how do I know um, if God is disciplining me or not? And can God use other people in my life around me to bring about godly correction? So that's a really good question. And um, as you look at verse 7, that might be an answer. Um, as you endure this divine discipline, um, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Um, Somewhere it says here that you are to endure hardship as discipline. Uh, And I can't find that right now. I don't know if you can see it either, but um, he tells us to endure hardship as discipline. Um, And so one thing we know for sure, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's never punitive. There's never a severing of the relationship because, hey, you've just gone too far. Never. Um, it's always discipline and correction. And your second question was, can God use those around me to do what? Uh, To bring about godly correction. Yeah, certainly. You know, you think about Nathan who came to David, right, and told him that illustration or that used that metaphor and then said, you're the man, right? This is one of the benefits of the body of Christ Mm -hmm. that we uh, can speak into one another's life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm your father, but I've received correction from you, um, maybe even unknowingly, but seeing your life of faith lived out mm-hmm. has helped to correct my course and mm-hmm. line up better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I would, I would say definitely the body of Christ is yeah. a corrective uh, element. I was, uh, I guess, chatting with a, a pastor that I knew, and um, he said something remarkable to me. He said that he will go to his, his senior pastor and, and he will say, I'm giving you full permission and freedom to stab me in the front. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was like just that. the most yeah, interesting thing to say. Um, we don't typically go to people and say, hey, where do you see issue? Where, where do you see things that maybe God would say, hey, rein this in, you yeah. know, and uh, people will line up to stab us in the back. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's um, it's uh, uh, like hurtful words from a friend are better mm. than many kisses from an enemy. Yeah. Right? It's like you, you need some people in your life mm-hmm. that are willing and that you also approach and give freedom to to mm-hmm. say, hey, I know I've got weak sides and, and blind spots mm-hmm. and I'm just asking you, where do you see? What do you see? Mm. You know, and I think there's a humility that comes with that. And so, you know, as we kind of talk about discipline and maybe as we start to wrap up, I just wonder if, if you, whoever's listening right now, would say, hey, do you have someone in your life that you could go to and say, hey, I am not perfect and I know that I've got some blind spots. Would you be willing to step into that gap mm. and help me? And maybe God would, would correct me through you. You know, uh, who has, who's been there for you? Um, and, and I guess right now, uh, who do you go to? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, who, who's willing to do that for you? Right. Well, so first of all, that is a beautiful question 
end statement, will you please correct me? Because I acknowledge my blind spots, my failures. I don't see them. Everybody else sees them, clearly. They all you know, wish I would come and ask for that. <laughs> um, so that's my a wife for sure. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Uh, and so for me, it has been my wife, Jody, yeah. uh, who is speak. She has a wonderful way of speaking the truth in love. And what she always does is point to the cross. And before I know it, I'm corrected in my behavior or my thinking or whatever it is. Uh, just from listening to her display the cross before me. So it's almost like she's not attempting to um, correct me. It's just that it, it does indeed do that. When, mm. when we display the cross for each other, there's a correction that happens. Mm. Um, the other guys I have whom I love are our are, are board of directors, right? I've got Rob Robertson, a brother in Australia. I've got Bill Miller, who's a a brother in Oklahoma, and Eric Hurt in Arizona, and Petrus Zilstra in the Netherlands. These guys have all helped to, to <laughs> in fact, I, Petrus the other day said, man, I remember back when you used to lash out at people. He said, hmm. and he was actually giving a, an encouragement by saying, I don't see that anymore because now you're focused on the cross, hmm. but that again helped correct. So I don't want to lash out anymore. I don't want to respond in the flesh anymore hmm. but how about you what what's your experience been like this with yeah this? well well first of all what i'm hearing you say is that you've got people all around you <laughs> that are willing to correct you and you've invited those people into your life to be able to speak you know uh, speak truth to you and i think there's a connection with how god uses you <laughs> and how many people are stabbing you in the front. <laughs> mm. Wow, that's interesting. It's a it's a humility that says it, it doesn't matter, you know, if it, brother, sister, you know, wife, colleague, mentor, friend, uh, you've invited people in, mm. and I think there's just a direct correlation there. Mm. And so, you know, that's what I, I try to model as well in my life is uh, I'm I'm never above correction. Uh, I never want to think that uh, somebody can't speak into my life. Um, and so I think, I think there's just something special there. Um, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. I really appreciate you bringing that up. If you think about the aspect of Jesus as a friend that sticks closer than a brother, mm. and his wounds on the cross can be trusted fully to heal us. We're healed by his wounds. His death can be trusted to save us. And now as we interact together, and, and we give each other permission to wound us, mm -hmm. in essence. Mm -hmm. um, we can trust the love, just like we trust Jesus. We trust the love that comes to us through that. I really like how you put that, stab me in the front, mm -hmm. um, or your pastor put that or whatever, mm -hmm. because it's so opposite of saying stuff behind your back, you know, that is so common um, to, to gossip behind your back, yeah. um, as opposed to just just coming and saying, hey, brother, um, let's look to the cross together yeah. and we'll both be corrected. Yeah. yeah. I think um, it's maybe time to, to wrap up this section. It's been fun. Okay. We started talking about Amen. a race and, and now here we are at the end of this little race. Mm. Um, you know, I, um, I remember the tears from when I was a kid uh, from the spankings. Mm. Yours or mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> and um, 
I thank God that I had you in my life to correct me and discipline me, and it did not feel like love. Mm-hmm. It it really did not. Yeah. Uh, but you know, through the tears, um, I was trained up, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I just wonder if if anyone who's listening, you know, it, it might feel terrible. Mm-hmm. It, it might just look like tears right now in wherever you're at in life mm. and just know that um, there is that harvest of peace mm. on the Amen. other side right and I mean certainly we learn from the cross that tears and uh, yeah just pain is not it's never the end of the story mm-hmm. right there's always resurrection coming Amen. And so that's what we pray for you. That's what we hope for you, that as you run your race, that you would throw off, literally throw them off, throw Mm -hmm. off the things that weigh you down, slow you down, the sin that trips you up, get rid of it, right? It is no good for you. The distractions, God has this race uh, set out for you. And so um, just be encouraged. Know that uh, Jesus is right there with you in the struggle Mm -hmm. and the pain and the tears and uh, we want to be there with you too. Amen. And uh, yeah, any last? The last verse of the section. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. I appreciate so much talking with you, Jeremy. And mm-hmm. I always learn a lot mm-hmm. from you and grow as we interact together around God's word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later.